0: Listen up, everybody, because this episode of the Marketing That Works podcast is sponsored by Podcorn, new sponsor to the podcast. Uh, Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host reads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman, so podcasts of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any middle men you never give up any rights to your podcast and podcorn is here to support you at every step to ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do with brands so go to the show notes Uh, on my podcast and click on podcorn.com slash podcasters. Check it out today. Great new marketplace connecting podcasters and brands who want to sponsor your podcast. So again, podcorn.com slash podcasters. Now let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, family out there, welcome back to the Marketing That Works podcast. I'm your host, Drew Bedard. With me, as always, is Garth. No, I'm just kidding. Is uh, Leighton Hart. Leighton, how are we doing, bud? I am great. It's a great day. It's a great day. We're on some new equipment. You're going to hear some uh, some enhanced audio here on the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're in the downtown studios of Avenue Planning Group, Leighton's business here in downtown Johnson City,
1: and uh, happy to be here. Thanks, Layton, for doing all this. Yeah, we're high above East Main Street in downtown Johnson City. And hopefully these sound upgrades will make it feel like we are romancing your ears. I think the
0: tourism is going to increase automatically from us talking about downtown Johnson. People are going to be sitting outside like uh, TRL back in the days for MTV
1: on uh, Times Square. Our setup right now um, is, it reminds me of like the Today Show or TRL, where I think in another couple weeks we'll probably have people Outside, holding up signs and like yes. waving at us through the window,
0: right, and trying to publicize their business or their ten-year-old's uh, daughter right. or ten-year-old daughter's uh, birthday. Yes. yes, all right. So, our topic for this week uh, we're going to talk about is um, niching down. So, and I think Layton has some great perspective on this, but niching down. So, what do I mean by that? Um, I was listening to a podcast from Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels guy. And he was having his inner circle members, um, so this is a little bit of the context about where the topic comes from, but he was having his inner circle members uh, choose their number one marketing tactic for the decade. And so it's a two-part series, so go check that out on the Marketing Secrets podcast, little plug for our friend Russell there. Um, And overwhelmingly, it felt like in the first episode of that uh, feedback from the decade on the number one marketing tactic, it felt like the number one feedback was niching down, getting really focused on a certain customer and solving problems for that customer. And again, what do we mean by that? So instead of looking at things in a broad context of, uh, you know, females 30 to 40, um, that we're talking about females 30 to 40 who like horseback riding and, um, you know, whatever. I mean, it can, you could go really, really deep. And I think, again, you have some good context around this. So talk about that with your business.
1: Yeah. So I'm part of a, a network of financial planning firms, similar to my own independent fee only firms, uh, concentrating on generation X and Y, uh, investors and families. And this network that I'm in, it's called XY planning network does a lot of research on, on, uh, you know, what works in business for its member firms. Um, Here's what they find out. They they really push finding a niche and finding a niche early, and and here's some data on it too. So, okay. in the initial stage of a launch of a of a financial planning business, financial advisory business, having a niche, you will grow slower than if you don't have a niche. So think about that. You're starting a business, and if you have a niche, you're telling people, No, I'm not going to work with you. You know, you're just going to work with the with a, a certain group of people and so in the initial stages that that can uh, that can be a challenge in the next stage kind of the growth phase mm-hmm. of a business after the launch but before the growth so a typical firm would grow a non-niche firm typically grows about 15% a year during the growth phase a firm that has a niche grows about 40% per year in the growth phase mm. so that's that's a, that's surveyed you know almost a thousand firms mm. um, and so that's that's good data so a niche will will help you. i mean that the numbers bear out that a niche helps you
0: right but the i guess the intuition of most entrepreneurs most business owners is go broad try to hit as many people as possible because i'm just trying to get this thing off the ground so basically that approach and the data backs it up is that it's a long-term patient approach but it's going to lead to longer-term growth and more exponential growth on the back end of it. So, <laughs> have you seen? Excuse me. Have you seen some of that in your business of just kind of being more patient? But then the patience pays off by saying, "I'm going to focus on this group."
1: Yeah. So I, I'm very. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. I have a clear picture in my mind of of who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a a busy uh, Generation X professional family, established yeah. in their careers, have a family, um, are, are beginning to, you know, they're through the phases of buying the first house, having the first kids where financially everything seems like a nightmare or a hurricane. Right. And now people are established in their careers, making a little money, saving a little money. And that's a different set of challenges than than when we're just starting out or yes. 20s and early 30s. Uh, so they have unique financial needs and, uh, and many people that I'm working with Uh, you know, know the basics of investing. They know what they're supposed to be doing with their money. Uh, You know, earn as much as you can, save as much as you can, put aside some for uh, retirement later, but it's the uh, holding your hand, keeping somebody accountable and kind of coaching them through a process. And so if, if I go out and I'm just slinging uh, investments, like, right. hey, here's the hot stock, I'll show you this. <laughs> right. That's not gonna connect with the people that I want to work with. Right. Because what they want is, they don't want a stock tip, they wanna know, is what I'm doing right now, the habits that I have right now, are they gonna produce the results that I want later in life? Right. Um, and so it's, it's different, and so it takes the mindset of the, uh, the advisor, or me, really needing to know and understand what it is exactly that the customer or client wants.
0: Hey, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. Hey guys, this quick break in the show is sponsored by ShareKit. ShareKit is a tool for social media managers to customize link previews on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And let me explain why that's really, really useful. So after Facebook removed the ability to modify link previews last year, a lot of social media managers resorted to using image posts you know, with like a link in the description instead. However, click-through rates are 82% lower when using an image post versus a native link preview. So you're missing out on a lot of clicks. Well, ShareKit brings back the ability to craft the perfect link preview. So go to ShareKit today, check it out. It's a great tool for social media managers, again, to customize link previews on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Again, Check out ShareKit today for all you social media managers out there. Okay, got it. Yeah, and that's that's a great approach because again, starting too broad or being too broad, um, maybe short-term gains, maybe short-term profit, but ultimately, if you become and this this goes back to a Jay Abraham concept of preeminence, preeminence. Excuse me, um, of being the best in your field being the best in your market also you know something that comes to mind is the book fish where they talk about the seattle fish market and about being world famous being about the best in the world because ultimately yes the next 20 years for businesses out there the marketing approach even let's just take the next five years the marketing approach that has been working for people for a few years now and is going to work for the next few years is this long tail patient approach, focusing on brand, focusing on your customer focus. And again, when you, when we're talking about niching down or niching, sorry, what is is this If we have some French audience out there, um, when you, when you think about that, you really want to focus on a certain customer's problems, especially in your, your business where you don't need a thousand, five thousand clients, you need a core group of clients that you're taking great care of. And and you may just bring on, because of word of mouth, because that one family's like, man, Layton makes my life so much easier that they may say, they may refer you to one other family and then one other family. And you're great with that. Yep. You know, some businesses do want that hockey stick growth, but even Amazon took that approach of just saying, I want one customer. I'm going to be customer obsessed I want this one customer to know that yes, we're the everything store. We have everything, but we're going to serve you like as if you're one customer to us or you're our only customer. And then that spread word of mouth and it just the system is so easy and joyful to use that it just keeps getting better. So I think the the core lesson that we want to come out with this episode is talking about in your business today or this week, really drill down on that avatar and i've talked about that a lot on the podcast before but drilling down into that core group of customers that you want to solve problems for and don't be shy about being really specific about who that person is or who that group is because again it might limit your short term profits but long term you're going to have a healthy business and i think that that's the most important thing a healthy business a healthy brand because a lot of times the short-term gains come with deals and coupons and all these other things where you can alienate a lot of your what would be your audience. Um, but if you're speaking to that audience that you really want over the long term, you will have a more healthy business. And I think in marketing, again, today, marketers out there should look at and should really dive into who is that customer that I'm serving? Do I know them well enough? And then solve their problems first. Really look at how your offerings, your information, your education, your products solve problems for that group. So, um, again, any, any other thoughts on? Yes. The the
1: picture in my mind, and and I tend to think of service businesses or more one-on-one, uh, professional services, but, but I do know this, this can work across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, a fabric store can figure out who their customer is and what kind of problems they can solve for their customer. So, uh, it, versus, you know, a financial advisor or somebody else. So I think it really is universal. It works across the board, but just think about this in your mind. So let's, let's take an example of say, a, a family therapist or counselor, yeah. somebody like that. Sure. Think about if the benefit to them, if instead of just saying, Hey, I want to work with anybody who needs, who needs help. Right. Think about if they say, I'm going to work with uh, professional women, recently divorced, who are going back into the workforce after an extended uh, time out of the workforce.
0: And be the expert, be the authority at that.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah. Because they will get a, a, a thousand looks at the, the issues, the feelings, the, the, the motivations, um, and the, the fears of that type of patient or mm-hmm. client. Um, and so they're immediately more referable than the counselor is because the person that they serve, if they know somebody else in their same situation, will say, my counselor is the best. She knows everything about this situation. Also, other mental health providers will say, look, I work primarily with uh, you know, addiction counseling and things like that, but there's this lady in town who is... The expert on this, and I think you should go see her. Yes, um, I, I think it's just a, um, I, I think it's a great business practice.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, all right, everybody, that's it for this week. Um, hope you'll take these tips. Hope they're helpful. As always, uh, we'll have some of the notes um, below the podcast in the show notes, and of course, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all over the place. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash marketing that works to rate this uh this podcast we really really appreciate it and uh look out for more podcasts from us in the future we're uh we're having some fun making these uh has got a new podcast that he's putting out it's uh, launched on spotify it's called johnson city living so he's going to be doing some stuff right here in our local area niching down i would say i'm niching way down right way down because there's a tri-cities appalachian highlands but there's just you know there's johnson city inside of that could yep. be a jonesboro show at some point as well And if anybody who's out there listening in California knows where Jonesboro, Tennessee is, then God bless you. That's awesome. Um, Okay, that's it for this week. Thanks, Layton. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Again, uh, thanks for listening. And if you need anything, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Have a good week.